Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the March 21st, 2017 edition of Ask a Leader. My next guest is returning to the show is United Farm Worker President Arturo Rodriguez, with whom I sat down at the Orange County Interfaith Committee to aid farm worker fundraiser in Orange County. And he is a veteran farm labor organizer, first introduced to Cesar Chavez through his parish priest in his hometown of San Antonio, Texas in 66. He became active with the United Farm Worker Great Boycott as a student at St. Mary's University in 1969 at the University of Michigan 1971, where he earned his MA degree in social work. Arturo Rodriguez organized support farm worker boycotts. He p began serving full-time with the United Farm Workers in 73, where he met Cesar Chavez. Arturo Rodriguez has more than 40 years experience organizing farm workers, negotiating United Farm Worker contracts, and leading numerous farm worker boycott and political drives. We sat down on Sunday, as I said, I hope you enjoy the breezy backdrop. Welcome to Ask a Leader, President of the United Farm Workers, Arturo Rodriguez. It's great to be here, Claudia. Thank you so much for having us on the show today. Well, thank you very much. We're meeting prior to a lovely benefit that's going to be held here in Orange today, and I thank you for the time that you're availing me when there's so much on the plate for you to take care of with those congregating. Well, Mr. Rodriguez, I'd like to begin with... Arturo, please. Arturo. No, thank you. Encantada. <laughs> I would like to have you tell us the extent to which you anticipated the change in our national leadership and what were your strategies as you were maybe anticipating that? Well, I'll be very honest with you, Claudia. We were hoping for a different outcome this past November. We uh, worked extremely hard in terms of trying to do everything we could to... Uh, help Hillary Clinton really be elected as president of the United States because we felt that she could do an excellent job at all the things that are important to us as not only as farm workers but here in the United States and unfortunately that was not the outcome and so since then we have you know come together and our philosophy has been this is that Caesar always shared with us Caesar Chavez our founder really always shared with us that oftentimes in situations where it looks bad for you and you feel like there's no coming to there's no tomorrow in terms of everything taking place at the same time you said step back and really look at the opportunities because that's what you need to focus on and so we've done that and we're trying to better understand really in terms of what we do and how we do it and how we protect farm workers in this country and most importantly how do we protect immigrant workers because they can be not only farm workers, but they could be hotel workers and construction workers and janitors and folks that watch our children and work in our yards. And, and they're in all walks of life. And they're so important to the U.S. economy. Yes, and, and I would like to ask more about that coalescing opportunity a little bit later. But I'd like to, to talk about what is your approach in dealing uh, with the national leadership, the secretaries of agriculture. We've got Sonny Perdue now who's been appointed in, as the cabinet member of administering the Department of Agriculture and the Homeland Security Secretary, 
uh, Mr. Kelly. So um, are there any sorts of reaching out uh, with them with what's going on here? You know, to be very honest, in the previous administration, President Barack Obama's, we had a very good relationship with both the Homeland Security as well as with the Department of Agriculture, Department of Labor, and many of the other agencies within the government. But as of now, we haven't reached out. They haven't uh, said that they're really open to sitting down and talking with us. So we've really focused our work on the immigrants and knowing what we need to do because of everything that that Donald Trump has said and the attacks that he's made against immigrants. We're out there trying to educate immigrants. And between us and the UFW Foundation, our sister organization, as well as the Cesar Chavez Foundation, and all of us working together, really trying to ensure that workers, first of all, understand what their rights are, because that is so important, to know that they don't have, if they're stopped by an ICE agent or an immigration agent, they don't have to provide them with any information. They're not obligated by into the law. And so we've had all these information sessions okay. throughout the state of California, as well as Arizona, Texas, and Washington and Oregon, to really educate farm workers and immigrants in general about their rights and the importance of them to enforce them and utilize them. And secondly, we pass out a, a small red card that actually documents in terms of what they should do. And we provide that to all of our members, whether they're under a UFW contract or they're a UFW Foundation member or a Lupe member, La Unión del Pueblo Entero in South Texas. Can we get a PDF of, off of your website oh, of that? Oh, definitely. In fact, okay. I'll give you one before okay, we leave today. Okay, but those are available for listeners if they wanted to That's make correct. those available. Sure. Okay. Well, I'd like to know, do you have an idea? The proportion of United Farm Workers that are not documented, do they need to be documented? Do they have to have papers in order to become members of the union? Oh, we don't ever require anybody to tell us what their legal status so is. So you have? do you have any idea? I would say a significant percentage of our workers do not, do not okay. have legal status in this country. And so... Because the reality is, is that that's what exists for farm workers throughout the United States. The Department of Labor last year issued a report that said over 50%. Over, okay. At least. Or but in some regions, maybe status. where we are, it could be... Oh. Far higher well than we estimate that really there's probably 70 to 80 percent of the okay. workers that work in agriculture today do not have documents. So there were in other Republican administrations discussions about guest worker programs. So is there any inkling that that could be a concession or is it really an absolutist kind of populist? plank in the Trump administration's platform to pursue here? Well, the guest worker program, which is an H-2A program, okay. there are several different guest worker programs okay. that exist here in the United States. The H-2A is specific towards farm workers, agricultural workers, and that program operates and functions very well. In fact, almost anybody that applies for workers under the H-2A program can easily get those workers. Many times they they don't take and they don't utilize that because we have certain protections in there, both for domestic workers mm -hmm. as well as for guest workers that are brought in here from Mexico or some other country. The employer has to, first of all, tell them what kind of crop that they're going to work in and for how long. They have to provide 
wages at a certain rate. We call it the adverse effect wage rate. Okay. That's normally higher. Well, it's definitely higher than minimum wage, and it's normally higher than what growers in the area are paying their, their other workers. And then they provide transportation to them from Mexico to here to where they're going to be working at. And they have to have some type of housing for them, decent housing where the workers can live during the time they're working, and food. In other words, what civilization should be looking well, like. exactly. I mean, it's just common sense that these are the things that should be provided, but we have to have a law that really stipulates that and focuses in on it because we saw the abuses that took place and the exploitation back in the days of the Bracero program during the 40s into the mid-60s. So let's talk then about this whole vulnerable labor force that I understand, Arturo, is your priority at this point, is that the Immigration Customs Enforcement Agency is now starting to make a, a press for any undocumented anyone. It doesn't mean that they are looking for any longer someone with a, a, a criminal record. Anybody's at risk now to be rounded up. So this is your priority now. Can you tell us what you're doing with your, you, you are in league with the growers in this respect is that both entities here on both sides of the, the labor coin here have, there's an interdependence in how you are dealing with this tectonic shift in national leadership with respect to undocumented workers. That's, it's the bread and butter for, for the growers as well. And they're, they're now, we understand in our in the media, they are panicking. Yeah. Well, I wish that they would panic a lot more and they would do a lot more. The growers, they certainly are in a difficult situation. They supported, or many of them, supported Donald Trump during his campaign. But now they're finding that Donald Trump is talking about deportations and talking about immigration like no one else has in recent history. And they will directly be in fact, uh, impacted right. as a result of these decisions that Donald Trump is making and his administration. But we are working closely, again, with, uh, within our respective organizations, the OFW Foundation and the Cesar Chavez Foundation with Radio Campesina, and we are educating workers. We are doing information sessions constantly. We are working with attorneys in rural communities so that the moment any of our workers, any workers that contact us and say that they're are been picked up by ICE or that they're being held in detention, that we immediately respond to them. We had a worker just this past Friday in Delano, California. Okay, in the Central his, Valley. In the Central Valley there, going to work. And uh, during that time, he was picked up by an ICE. Stopped, no reason to stop him, but he was stopped. And immediately, to his credit, because he, he is a participant with the UFW Foundation, and he's part of a committee that we have planning marches all across the six, seven states and rallies and events to celebrate Cesar Chavez's birthday coming up starting next month. Yes, at the end of this month, right. starting next Sunday. Okay. We have our first event, and we're going to go through April 2nd. Claudia. Okay. Everyone's on notice there. That's right, exactly. But the worker contacted us immediately. And that's exactly what we want them to do and let us know what was happening so we could immediately move and get him an attorney and ensure that his family was aware of what was taking place. And now we're in the process of going and gathering the letters that he needs to support him and demonstrate that he is someone that's providing 
a real asset to our country by the work that he does in agriculture and with his family and he's a good standing individual. But that's one person. There are people well, that I'm sure are disappearing. So yeah. Yeah, no, I mean people Claudia, who can't get can't make the call to get to notify anybody. So Well we actually have been in touch with a lot of folks throughout California, again in South Texas where we have uh, La Unión del Pueblo Entero and in Washington, Oregon. And so we're using our radio stations okay. to really educate Good. everybody. You and should. Yes, definitely. That's right, to make sure that farm workers know, that immigrants know. Okay. That we're here to protect them. We're here to fight on their behalf. We're here to provide them with legal counsel. Do anything we, we can to prevent them from being deported. Well, I guess I'm taken aback a little bit that you're not hearing more there's not more of the, the growers reaching out to you is there is it there's such an antipathy between you that they haven't decided that there is there really they have a, a shared interest with maintaining a steady flow of labor talent to meet their needs well you would think that would be the the natural thing to do that the growers would reach out but maybe to us. are they just hardwired is not they just <laughs> can't imagine working with you yet i mean it's well, you have know, to there are dire. no. I should say there are some growers that we work. Do you want to call any out that are really showing? Yeah, Triple E. I mean, it's a tomato company in the San Joaquin Valley, just above Madera, from Madera on up to Stockton. Okay. We're working closely with um, Derrigo Farming Company, which is a large vegetable company, and we're in discussions with them right now about how we can be helpful and beneficial mm -hmm. in regards to making sure they have enough workers for their harvest season this year. We're talking with other gr growers in the strawberry industry, in the apple industry, and in... So do you uh, feel like there's a momentum, maybe, that... Well, that I wouldn't say that yet. Not but, yet, but, I mean, it's but, I mean, there nibbling are around some, the edges. Yeah, there's some growers that feel like, okay, look, we got to forget about all the issues and divisions and other types of problems. we, we got to harvest. We need to... Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, no, we need to maintain our industry. And, yeah, and plant We need and to harvest. maintain our industry. Right. We need to make this and ensure that this continues to be a viable agricultural industry here in this nation. And if we don't do something about it, it's just going to continue to grow in terms of the fear that's out there for on the right. part of workers and their families and things like that. And we got to chill that. Well, I, I actually, I want you to think in particular the, the female demographic of the United Farm Workers with the new leadership and the agenda with ICE are they in greater are they more vulnerable than ever in the farms out in the fields uh, with respect to how where they've been molested before by various people but are you concerned that this situation means they've got to go underground even more well i think you know to be very honest the women that work in agriculture they're tough ladies yeah and i'm glad that they are because they have to withstand lots of pressure and exploitation and unwanted advances and things of that nature and they also feel so responsible for their families right so that they are an integral part of everything that we're trying to do because they're taking the leadership oftentimes because they know what this means for their family they don't want their family divided they don't want them to be deported and then their children stay here and somebody has to take care of them and so forth so we've really reached out to women in particular and working with them and we have our organization, the UFW Foundation, which is in three states right now, and they are doing a tremendous job at getting women well integrated in all the work that we're doing around immigration. So for them, I don't know what kind of uh, 
you know, additional pro bono kind of help there might be coming if there's an infrastructure supporting them that's sort of stepping up. And you talked about some pro bono assistance to people that are making the call that have been swept up by ICE. So what are some institutions that are beyond UFW that are helping either law school uh, students, social workers, like you're, you're trained as a social worker. That's right. your background, right? So would you like to make this opportunity to uh, to tell us what organiza- what kinds of infrastructure are assisting you and what you'd like to see more of from listeners? Well, I'd really like to speak about one particular group of folks that are just doing an awesome job okay. right now in Bakersfield, California. They're in the San Joaquin Valley, and there is attorneys there, Beto Sala, David Torres, uh, William Eaton. Are they in private practice up in They're those towns? They're all in private practice. Okay. But they have come together, and they have a group of about 20 attorneys. Emilia Huerta is another one. They have a group of about 20 attorneys, and they, on their own, have been holding information sessions. They've h- held uh, a number of them in all these small farm worker communities They've in got Kern to cover County. a lot of territory. They've covered a lot of territory in Kern County. Okay. And they brought, brought together these at least 20 attorneys from my last Whoa. conversation with Bethel just in Kern County, and they are looking for ways. They are there. They're offering their services to anybody that gets picked up. They're doing the educational forums to make sure that everybody, again, understands their rights. So it's not just us saying it, but here's attorneys that are coming out and reinforcing everything that we've said. And we have a very close relationship, and they're trying to set up networks like that of attorneys in other rural communities. So I think that's a shining example of what people are willing to do and what they're willing to sacrifice they're willing to make in order to help immigrant farm workers especially in these rural communities so that's kern county that's the san joaquin valley a region how might this be a template that translates well into other border states well this this uh actually other states coming up starting sunday a week from this sunday on the 26th we start off, we now have at least 16 different events that are going to take place in seven different states throughout the Southwest, uh, going from Washington, Oregon, California, Arizona, uh, Nevada, Las Vegas, and into Texas, and, uh, and I'm sure New Mexico too, but we haven't found anybody there for sure, but Texas and Florida, where folks, And North Carolina, I'm hastening to ask. You know what? I think I'm sure that Baldomar would be doing some work there, okay. but we haven't been directly in touch with him yet. Okay. But in all these other communities, I mean, everybody's coming together and they're planning a march, they're planning a rally, they're going to legislators, they're doing whatever they need to be done to do in order to make sure that people are aware of what's taking place, what's transpiring, reaching out to people within their respective communities. We're trying to bring ourselves together with the Muslim community to show that there is a unity there between all of us. And all of us, this is time for us to unite. We cannot allow Donald Trump, we cannot allow anybody to create divisions among us as immigrants. We all make a contribution to our nation. We're not here to, in any way, damage the United States or destroy it. We're here to enrich it. A couple things come to mind. I remember on the the day, a day without immigrants, There was posted. I would. I was there. I couldn't be out all those places. So, care of Twitter. There was a posting of <laughs> a job announcement for mm-hmm. someone who was willing. They they had to have the right papers. They had to have the certain robust physique and would be willing to earn 
45 cents per container of, that would be filled in whatever harvest that is. Right. So there was this whole thing and posting that application. And so I, that the point is made is this is a special labor force and exploited, of course, labor force, but a special one that that doesn't. It's not a zero sum. It's not taking jobs away from yeah. the people that are. No, this that's, side. Ex- that's exactly right, Claudia. I mean, several years ago, we did a campaign t- called Take Our Jobs. Okay. And we had, we had nobody responding to us. Really? I think we had 11 people over several weeks. And they could respond. handle like how many days, right? Yeah. And so we know that nobody in America today or very few in America today want to go out and work in agriculture for whatever reason. And workers that come here from Mexico and other places, they are skilled. They're professionals. They know what to do. They know how to do it. They can withstand the rain and the hot sun and uh, cold temperatures that they endure every time they're working out there in the fields. And so as a result, we know that without them, without that immigrant workforce that we have today in agriculture, there would not be an agricultural industry in the United States to speak of. And so it's of extreme importance to all of us. And that's why we're doing these events, to reach out, to demonstrate that we're still here committed to want to do that work. But now we need people's help and we need to unify. Are there other, you mentioned coalescing with Muslims in America, and are there other interest groups, uh, other special groups mobilizing that you'd like to tell us about? Well, you know, we're making a special effort not only to bring together farm workers and immigrant farm workers, but we're working with hotel workers and janitors and uh, construction workers and so forth. Educators? Educators, definitely. And we're doing a lot with the schools, I should say, in Salinas, California, where April the 2nd will be their big march. Okay. Um, actually, the bishop, the Catholic bishop from there, uh, Bishop Ricardo Garcia from the Monterey County Diocese, will be joining me marching there in Salinas. And we expect thousands of people to come out that day. But we are looking towards also bringing in the Muslim community within our, within our areas, the LGBT communities mm-hmm. as well. Because we think it's important that nobody feels like they're alone in this, in this fight. This is an attack on all immigrants. And nobody has uh, demonstrated that any one particular mem- immigrant group is going to come here to cause harm to our nation. I'm going to broadside you with this thought, this question. Uh-huh. What do you think is going to happen this first harvest cycle? What, is, what kind of shoe is going to fall with this well, because a lot of a lot of people are not showing up. They're, right. So, what do you think will be an impact that we should we should be thinking about? Well, I think that one growers need to be thinking seriously about how they're going to attract a workforce, how they're going to maintain their workforce, and how they're going to ensure that workforce comes back. And so, many growers already are raising wages for workers. There's a garlic grower that we're very famous here in the state and throughout the nation, really. Uh, he's the largest garlic grower, and he is out there right now raising his wages to $13 an hour this harvest season. Okay, there's... Uh, hmm. To be able to make a change. We just met with another large vegetable company in the Salinas Valley that is raising the wages for their workers uh, at that particular farm. And we hear a number of different farms that are now willing to do that. Some are putting in special benefits for the workers, and others are looking and providing their workers with some sense of security there at the farm. So there's a lot of things happening that didn't happen in the past. Okay. And then in addition to that, there's the H-2A program 
the guest worker program that has increased dramatically over the last few years. And we expect that if employers really are that desperate for workers, they're, they're sponsoring they up a, then. They would be applying for that workforce to come here. But I'm, are, are you not concerned, though, that the bureaucracy isn't building up to handle maybe all the requests that will be coming through? Actually, I mean, from all of our experience, we know that that H-2A program works well because we are also participating. Well, we've got an understaffed federal, uh, you know, series of agencies, though. That's what I'm wondering, if that could be a problem. Yeah, well, again... We have our own H-2A program now. Okay. We so, are engaged in it because we believe that that's so important for the future of agriculture that we are also doing it so we can understand it, so we can work with employers that really want to right. ensure there's a, there is a just and fair recruiting process for workers that come here from Mexico. And we're making sure that the laws that those workers are protected by are observed by the employers. And so we know that it can work. It's a question of just wanting to do it. So I think of when I have an opportunity to talk with grassroots activists involved with LGBTQ and T, and I uh, know that they they have a template that's very effective for other grassroots activists to to run with in in organizing. But it seems like it's not in so many ways, and uh, a non undocumented worker can't benefit from that kind of template it's a there's a sort of invisibility of being an undocumented person you can't be out and right. so I mean now all the DACA applicants now they are feeling they're smarting from being outed now outing themselves when they thought in good faith that they would be processed through to a secure residency here there's that aspect that unfortunately doesn't it doesn't get applied in farm workers situations no it unfortunately it doesn't but again we really do we're optimistic yes in the sense that if we come together with groups as we always have in the past when these kinds of when we find ourselves in these kind of situations where we're being attacked and constantly by in this particular case the federal government and the president of the united states that we're going to do everything we can to bring folks together and we know okay that our strength really is in bringing in that unity and demonstrating to everyone that in this particular case, we're all the same, regardless of whether we're Muslims or we're Latinos or we're whatever country we come from, Africa or so forth, it's time for us to come together and unite because that's the way we'll win. Well, let's close with this. I have to put in a, a sort of take a cultural tangent here. And Zoot Suit has been a very <laughs> successful run. It's going to end, I guess, on Cesar Chavez's birthday around March 26th at the Music Center in L.A. And I the forum actually at the at the forum there. And so I wanted to. Uh, I just I'm just wondering if uh, the culture clash has been reaching out to you to, to start taking stories now for their next production. Yeah, no, exactly. We haven't had a chance to talk to Culture Clash folks, but we were, actually, we got to go see Zoot Suit, and we were with Luis Valdez. Was it okay? Oh, it's fantastic. I and do. it's so appropriate for what's happening today. Are they having talkbacks that cover immigration policy? This is, uh, you know, Zoot Suit is so important what they're doing because they're telling a story that took place back in the 1940s right. that is applicable today. And so people come together and they talk about it and they see it and they empathize with it. And they, just like in Zoot Suits, I mean, they know as well that we can really do something to, to overcome this attack that, we're, that uh, is taking place among us, just as they did back then. 
just for everybody's information, yes. Cesar Chavez and his brother Richard Chavez, they lived through that period of history. Right. And they were zoot suitors as well. Okay. And they came together and they fought it like everybody else did. And as a result, you know, the changes were made and the respect was given to zoot suitors that they should be, that it should have been. And so uh, it's great. You know, just to mention what these attacks have meant, this last week I was with the tech industry up in Palo Alto okay. and they had a big rally there and with bringing together folks from all different walks of life. An immigration related On rally? Immigration related because okay. they suffer the same thing yep. that we are right now right. and so as a result it really is forcing everybody to come together and realize that we're much stronger. And they want their kale. That's right exactly. <laughs> They want to make sure they get their kale and their spinach and, and their mushrooms too. and their carrots and all that good stuff. So so it was a good reason for us to be there. It was great in terms of the response we got from folks there. And it really does show okay. where we can go from here. Well, Arturo Rodriguez, United Farm Workers President, thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a pleasure. And I thank you so much today for your time. Well, thank you, Claudia. Thank you for really educating the public and taking this issue and making giving it the importance that it deserves and needs. And we look forward to having your listenership join with us wherever we're at on these to celebrate Cesar Chavez Day. Let's celebrate it this year in a special way on behalf of immigrant workers to make sure that they receive the respect and the dignity they deserve. Thank, Thank you. you and si se puede. Thank you. This is La Santa Cecilia, Strawberry Fields Forever, of course. Take you down, cause I'm going to Strawberry 